Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the McGonagall Boxing Podcast. Let's just go straight through it live. You know, I'm really thankful for everyone listening. I think the beauty of it doing live is less editing, less constant kind of planning, just shoot from the hip. The best podcasts that I listen to do that. So if there is a bit of um and ah in, so what? We're going to speak passionately. And that's what I try and do. I try and give you the facts, but I also try and give you my opinions and my hard-earned passion um, for boxing. So that's what I'm going to do from now on. Um, but let's get straight to it, shall we? Khan Brook. Um, Kel Brook's come out today and said, I've pretty much given up on the Khan fight. It's over. It's never going to happen. He's finally resigned himself to accepting the Khan fight. It's never going to happen. <laughs> Bizarrely, I still don't think you can say never, say never. They're both still 33, so they're young enough for it to still happen. They've both just got enough credibility. They're ranked both in, inside the top top 10 still uh, in all the governing bodies. Um, and so they've got that world-class credibility. It's not a huge global fight anymore, um, but it will still sell in the States, but it will still be massive in the UK because their personalities They've built a long CV and people, a bit like Frank Bruno and Bogner back in you know, the early 80s, they accepted they weren't the best in the division, but they were personalities and that's what the UK likes. So it will be pay-per-view and I think it would sell out Emmy and Arena. Um, Wembley's a push now. Four or five years ago, absolutely Wembley would have been a headliner. I'm not sure now, but Eddie Hearn, you know, I know he's got his faults, but he's a fantastic promoter. Um, still working with Khan and Brooke both. They could push it and sell it um, at Wembley as well. So it's still a massive fight in the UK and still the biggest payday. And ironically now, the less threat. Because let's face it, the, the big boys in the weight division are going to clean Brooke and Khan's clock out now. Khan especially. I think Brooke is more competitive. I think Brooke... Um, as age better, he looked much better reunited um, with Ingle in his last fight. Yes, these are C-class fighters. He's fought the last couple of fights, but the way he dispatched his last opponent was very, very impressive. And he's the right move to get back to Ingle. So personally, um, I think Brooks will be more competitive against the likes of Crawford, against the likes of Spence if he rematches. He's, he's probably not going to win these fights anymore, but I think he'd be far more competitive than Khan would be. Um, so really, the big money fight and the less risk for both of them is to fight each other. But at the same time, I can also see it now never happening as well. So although I'm, I haven't completely resigned to it like Brooke has, I would say it's 80% chance it's not going to happen now. Why? Because if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. No question. The time to fight one another for me was back in 2015, both in their prime. Kel Brook had a world title, just beating Sean Porter for it. Um, Khan was on a win streak, just looked fantastic, um, beating um, Algeri, who gave uh, Pacquiao, um, you know, a decent challenge for six rounds before obviously getting overwhelmed and you know he was kind of ranked highly he absolutely toyed with Devin Alexander who obviously was, was a world-class champion in his day 
and and you know Khan was on a roll with Hunter, Virgil Hunter, Siandri Walls trainer. Um, Brooke was on a roll. It was huge, and they were both arguably the top two welterweights at the time. That's when it should have happened, but ultimately Khan, you know, some say big balls. I say career suicide. Jumped up two divisions to fight one of the best middleweights at the time, Canelo, and of course got knocked out and he's never been the same fighter since. For me now, he's just been chasing the payday, whereas at that time he was a competitive fighter, ranked highly of all the welterweight, WBO, WBC, IBF. He had all the big money fights in the welterweight division. He didn't need to take that challenge. For me, I think he avoided Brooke, if I'm being totally honest. That was the time to make it. That was the huge fight. And instead, he Campbell on the big money payday with nothing to lose. Um, he kind of knew in many ways he, he wasn't going to win against Canelo. As soon as Canelo landed, that was that. Um, so it was just career suicide. But ironically, almost like Brooke, He's trying to outdo Khan somehow in career suicide. He then takes on GGG, um, you know, who's like uh, th- th- even more of a risk at the time, 2016. And that was career suicide, wasn't it? Because yes, he was competitive in the first couple of rounds, but ultimately he got beaten up uh, towards the end of the fight, uh, as you would expect, jumping up two weights in his eye socket, you know, went. And that is a serious injury, you know. A lot of fighters have had to retire. Look at... Um, a go-go, just having to retire because of a similar injury. So, you know, for me, Brooke was never the same after that Triple G fight. And you'll hear Hearn say, well, he took the money to the payday. You got a risk big to earn big. Yes, but again, Brooke was in the prime of his career. Um, I would understand if there was no big money fights at welterweight. I'd have gone absolutely, you go for that big um, payday and that risk against Triple G. But there were plenty of big fights. You still had... Um, Spence coming up, you still had Terence Crawford, Manny Pacquiao, um, you know, all these big fighters around, you know, you could have had, you didn't need to go up to jump up two divisions for the big payday back then. So both had career suicides and both ironically, I don't think, have been the same since, which, you know, unfortunately for me then um, squashed that real kind of, oh my goodness, calm, Brooke, we've got to see it, because as soon as they got beaten, albeit a middleweight, a lot of their lustre, their confidence, their swagger, especially Brooks, devalued, um, and then obviously he lost his title in the next fight um, against Spence, and that was kind of, then suddenly, you know, Brooke um, hasn't got anything for Khan to offer, has he? There's a perfect out for Khan to accept that He's been beaten twice now. Um, you know, Khan even called Brooke a quitter, which I felt was unfair because obviously uh, Brooke's eye problems resurfaced in the Spence fight, which I had had him winning for large parts. Absolutely outstanding fight um, up for 10 rounds. Um, and that was his out, wasn't it? Khan said he hasn't got a belt now. He hasn't got any credibility. And that should have really been the, the big warning sign. Okay, this fight's never going to happen back in 2017. But who do I blame more than anyone? To honest with you, I blame Khan. I mean, um, I think deep down he knew Brooke had his number. I don't care what Khan says. Yes, he had speed, hand speed, but so did Brooke. He wasn't as quick with his hands or feet, but didn't matter because he was quick enough to catch Khan. 
who I believe always played with fire too long. Um, he didn't have the total discipline that he would need. And I think Brook were caught up with him. And as soon as Brook landed, a bit like Frotch and Groves, you're always waiting for Frotch to land on Groves. Same thing with um, Brook and Khan. I can see Khan uh, prime for prime winning a lot of the early rounds, probably going the same way as he did with Canelo. Boxing out, boxing uh, Brook, showing his speed, but ultimately slowing down enough the mid rounds for Brook to catch up with him, hurt him, hit him. Khan's a better boxer. Unfortunately, it's not a cliche to say he had a glass chin, and that is not good when you're fighting a massive, heavy, um, welterweight like Brook and a big puncher like Brook. So that would ultimately be the difference, and I don't care if it had been. 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17. Certainly now, that's how I see it playing out. I always had Brook winning that fight by KO. You know, um, ironically, a similar fashion to the Canelo fight around 7 8, with Khan winning the early rounds with his boxing skills. Um, it's just a shame, uh, but if anyone's to blame, I blame Khan. I think uh, Brook, you can see he's actively tried to pursue this fight over the years, tried to make this fight happen, continually called him out. Khan and Khan's always kind of rejected it, neglected it, or come up with some you know, false excuse or some reason, and then he's kind of gone into the big money fight. Yes, that's you could say it's a good reason, but is it when you know deep down you haven't got much chance of winning? And he's still trying to do the same thing now, isn't he? He's holding out for a Manny Pacquiao fight. You know, look at the money rather than, you know, accepting he could earn just as much money with Brooke now. Um, so it's frustrating. If anyone's to blame, it's Amir Khan for me for this fight not happening. Why? Because, like I've said, I believe Brooke had his number, and I think deep down he also knows that Kel Brook would have had his number. It's a shame. It's going to be one of them fights again that got away, a bit like Hatton and Junior Witter. You know, clash of world-class Brits we don't see. All we can do now is try and learn from these lessons, these stubborn lessons um, they both had, especially now they've got the same promoter. is even more frustrating, but you just got to hope that the same thing doesn't go with Fury and Joshua now. That's the fight now that we need to make sure happens while they're still in their prime and they're both still world champions. We've got to learn from this Khan and Brook affair and make sure it doesn't happen again because we've lost a huge fight that would have gone down in history back in 2015 at Wembley and the money it would have generated. Anyway guys, I'm out. Thank you so much. Um, I'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully a little bit more positive podcast, a bit downcast with this one I know. It's a sad news today with Brooke finally accepting it's over between him and Khan. But ultimately, never say never in boxing, but I'd say 90% he's probably right. All right, guys, I'm out. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the McGonagall Boxing Podcast. Let's get straight to it. Devin Haney making and breaking the news right now um, with his disparaging, disrespectful, and a lot of people feel racist comments, um, which he was recorded. It's been shown in video, so he can't deny it. Uh, claiming he would never lose to a white boy. If he fought a white boy ten times, he'd beat him ten times. Now, a lot of people um, are, are rightly outraged by this. Um, but 
there also seems to be a lot of what we call leniency. Um, that's been confirmed by WBC uh, Chairman uh, Solomon, who has been reported to have spoken to Haney, and there's no further action. Uh, Eddie Herney's promoter's gone very quiet, whereas he was more than vocal when Billy Joe Saunders obviously got into controversy two weeks ago. Um, and it kind of seems like, apart from the fans and the general public who seem to be outraged, the, the governing bodies don't seem to be taking any action, which I think is totally wrong. If you're going to suspend and fine uh, people like Billy Joe Saunders, who, yes, totally in the wrong, I'm not defending um, his stupidity, um, you know, in no way, shape or form, um, is Billy Joe Saunders... Um, you know, um, an abuser of domestic violence, but, you know, ultimately his video joke shouldn't have uh, been released, and he shouldn't have said that, because obviously he did touch a nerve, and I can totally understand that, but this, I believe, is even more serious. It's racism, and it's not done, I feel, tongue-in-cheek, which Billy Joe, although I'm not saying was correct, I'm not condoning it, you can clearly see it was tongue-in-cheek. It was, it was in a joke version. This did not seem like Devin Haney was joking. He said it quite aggressively and quite straightforward. Um, so that, for me, um, not just speaking as a white man either, um, it's just offensive. Um, and I have to say, you know, racism across the board should be totally unacceptable, whether you're white, um, you know, Hispanic, Oriental or black. But let's have it right. If Billy Joe Saunders or any white fighter had said that about a black fighter, there'd be absolute outrage. It would be possibly on the news. He would be looking at um, not only a suspension and a ban, but possibly a lifetime ban. There would be absolute um, national outrage, global outrage, and he'd almost be in a headhunt, witch hunt. Um, so And rightly so, by the way. Um, like I say, racism across the board is intolerable and disgusting, but there cannot be at times double standards. Devin Haney should be having what a Hispanic fighter or a white fighter would have if they were to make a racist comment about a black fighter. And that is a long-term ban and a hefty fine. Um, there needs to be a serious message sent here by the WBC, by his promoter, Eddie Hearn, who's, who you can't shut Eddie Hearn up on social media. Surprise, surprise, he's now gone quiet. Um, you can't um, get anything out of the zone. Um, Haney's backers. There needs to be a, a blanket of, of intolerance here and suspension, and they need to come down hard on him to show that any kind of racism will not be tolerated. At the moment, they are not sending that message out, and it seems to be a double standard. You cannot suspend and find Billy Joe Saunders and not do the same to Devin Haney. This is a serious matter, and he can't palm it off as a joke. That was not a joke in his tone and his, his aggressive manner uh, in that video. That's just the bottom line. So... Um, I think a lot of people will be keen to beating the drum. I know there's a lot of people, not just white people, black people as well, and Oriental and Hispanic across the board who are offended by David Haynes' comments. Um, and he hasn't really apologised for him either. He's just stated he's not a racist. But that is not getting the job done. He needs to make a full apology um, to the people who's offended. And he hasn't done that yet. And it's all well and good saying, well, he's only 21. Yes, but I know a lot of 21-year-olds. I know a lot of teenagers in sport 
um, who train, who box, who would make that comment? So that's no excuse. At any age, racism should not be tolerated. And children, quite rightly, from the age of four, when they start school, are told racism is unacceptable. Now, 21, you should know better. There's no excuse for that. And it needs to be sanctioned and punished. Um, But let's not keep going on about... You know, the negative, I can see why in some ways he's done it. Um, he says he's referring to Lemachenko at the time. Um, and no general specific white people. But even so, the choice of words and, and the fact it's racist is totally disgusting and appalling. But let's get down to it. The fact that he's made that comment saying he'll beat Lemachenko is total nonsense. Devin Haney has done nothing, especially over the last two years, to warrant saying that. This is the problem where a lot of people have got. He's talking and acting a lot on Instagram like he's Floyd Mayweather Jr. When actually... He hasn't done anything yet to warrant that. Yes, he can flash the cash because he's a world champion. Um, he's not as rich as a lot of world champions. So let, you, let me tell you that. Um, Levinchenko could do the same. Javante Davis could do the same. Uh, Tiafino Lopez now is at a stage where he could do the, the same. They don't. They're classy in the fact that they you know, stay low-key. I'm talking about Lemachenko and Lopez here, and they do their talking in the ring. Yes, Davies is a controversial um, figure, not denying that, but I tell you what, um, he hasn't made any racist comments, and he's also got a good boxing CV at the moment to back it up. He's beat legit world-class fighters. Devin Haney has done nothing. Eddie Hearn has, you know, as a good promoter would do, he's negotiated well, and ultimately he's been given Lemachenko's WBC belt, which obviously he vacated after being awarded the super belt now in WBC. Um, But he hasn't been anyone for that belt. And his last six fights, let's be honest, apart from one KO, he's had three unanimous decisions and two retirements against journeyman. His last fight... Of fighting someone 12 and 0, he went the distance and he looked pretty poor. Uh, being right, he had looked like he had was no way or chance going to get that guy out of there. Um, and I believe at the best level, he lacks power, he doesn't have the firepower. Um, and you know, he kind of looked lazy and a bit overconfident in himself. His punch output didn't look very good in his last fight, so it'd be interesting to see, won't it? But for me. And a lot of fighters, they don't even rank him in the top four. Um, you know, it's a fantastic division right now. Very exciting. And no one's, not, no one's saying David Haney's not talented and an exciting prospect. But he's not ready to be WBC champion. His resume and his skill set and his experience don't warrant that right now. And the fact that he's going on like he, like I say, he's the best fighter on not only in the division, but on the planet, is laughable. So, for me, Lomachenko boxes his head off. Javante Davis stops him. I fully believe that. Um, I think Luke Campbell, the Campbell that showed up against Lomachenko, beats him. I think he's smart. I'm the Shane McGuigan. He counter-punches well. He's got a good gas engine. He's still very much in his prime. Um, I think Ryan Garcia has a great chance of beating Haney. I'd say that's 50-50, or possibly 60-40 Garcia at the moment. He's just as quick, just as your same age, um, good boxing ability, but he's more aggressive, and he's got better punch power. So actually, I call that 60-40 Garcia, and I think Tofino Lopez beats 
um, Haney right now. He can do everything Haney can do, and he's got better punch power. He's more aggressive. So, I, I, do you know what I mean? I don't even rank him in the top five right now. So, don't get above your station. Prove it. Keep your mouth shut. Stay out of controversy. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to earn these big fights because Lomachenko at the moment doesn't really see you as a big threat or a big payday, despite what you say about yourself. He's looking for the big, big paydays and the big challenges. You're trying to position yourself into that. And ultimately, well done. You've got yourself attention. You're now probably the most hated boxer on the planet. Um, let's be honest about it right now. But you have got the attention. But let's hope this soon blows over and you keep your mouth shut. Ultimately, I feel you'll, you'll get a chance against one of the big boys. And it'll be very interesting because I'm telling you what, I don't see him beating any of them top five. Some of you might disagree with that. I don't. I think some people are getting above their station calling him special when he hasn't really shown anything yet against anyone of note. Until you do, don't call yourself a great fighter. That's the bottom line. Um, You know, you try not to be bitter. You try not to be uh, biased towards someone. Although I personally, and I know a lot of people found them comments, uh, highly offensive today, but you want to be impartial as you're judging, reviewing someone. And he is a talent, you know, no question. He looks like he's got a good, good work ethic, but you have to worry is he going to fall down the Adrian Broner route? Who, you know, let's face it, money got to him, the hangers on got to him, his own ego got to him. He started tra- stopped training as diligently, didn't he? Um, he started to believe his own hype and he got found out. First against Madonna, and then it snowballed. Once someone's beaten, um, or he's got a big ego, a lot of the time, their their confidence declines rapidly. What's going to happen to Devin Haney when he steps up? It's going to be very interesting. But right now, <laughs> no question, he deserves a sanction, a punishment. A six-month ban, I believe, would be suffice. A hefty fine, and made to make a public apology. Because it, whether he likes it or not, he is a young role model, um, you know, and his kids look up to him of all backgrounds. And, you know, he needs to make sure that children of all backgrounds realise that racism in 2020 is totally unacceptable. Whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're oriental, Hispanic, racism will not be tolerated from any culture. And a statement needs to be made by the WBC, the promoter Hearn, and ultimately, his backers, his financial backers, the zone, to, and all need to sing from the same hymn sheet. This is not to be accepted, not to be tolerated, and Haney needs to make an apology. Let me know what you guys think, though. Highly controversial matter right now going on, and it should be interesting in the coming weeks. Drop me a line on my Facebook, Touch Love Boxing, my YouTube, the McGonagall Boxing Podcast, my Instagram, the McGonagall Boxing Podcast. And yep, hopefully we'll be back tomorrow with some more boxing news and a little bit more positive as well. All right, guys, I'm out. See you soon. Bye.